Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Nicole Barati. Nicole, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I have to tell you, first of all, I used to never be excited for anything, but I think because I found like what I'm supposed to be doing, now I'm actually excited to talk to people like you. And I just was saying before we started, finally, I have an expert that can talk about sex and intimacy and physical life that nobody wants to talk about, but everybody wants to hear. I'm brave as balls. So I I talk about sex. (laughs) But you know what my friend Sarah said, we can't. So I used to say, we might as well just, we'll just get right into it. I, I have three boys and I used to say to them, don't be a pussy. And my friend Sarah would say, no, pussies are strong and life-giving and amazing. Tell yeah. them not to be a scrotum. So right. they're brave as pussies because pussies are really brave. So right. I'm going to read your bio. We're going to get along. I'm a city girl born and raised in New York City who's lived in a bunch of cool places all over the world. I can't decide if my favorite was Paris or Aspen. Sex advice has always been my jam. I'm a girl with a passion and a dream. I'm proud to have created my dream. As a woman sex expert, I do things differently than your average sex expert. I have a unique philosophy and approach to sex into life, which is why my clients have better outcomes and feel better overall. I won't just help you get it on better. I teach you how to enjoy your life and provide you with the tools so you can learn more about yourself. Through my ever popular services, I help people like you have mind-blowing sex, date better, and develop meaningful relationships and or reconnect to their partner. How, you ask? I'm so glad you did. I am a sex expert. I help you have better sex by connecting the dots between mind, body, sex. Nicole is a certified women's health coach with about 30 certifications in health, sex, and life coaching. Let's do this. (laughs) And you had a pretty cool past that got you here. Which, I do you know, have a cool can you pass. Give them like a little bit of intro of what how you got to where you are. Yeah, so like you said, I have 30 certifications, but I don't believe that a piece of paper makes me good at what I do. I think my experience working in the sex industry actually makes me really good at what I do. And then throw in those pieces of paper where they actually qualify me to relate to people, everyday people and the mainstream and to get to talk on a professional level about something that nobody else in the whole world wants to talk about as easily as I can, which is sex. I can talk about money and sex, the two things that people have the hardest times talking about for some reason. Has it always been that way with you? It has been, yeah. Were your parents open? My parents were hippies, so I think that- Carly after Carly Simon. Carly Simon, of course. I was supposed to be Prudence after Dear Prudence. That would have been crazy if Prudence is a expert. (laughs) Come on, mom. Yeah, my aunts talked my mom out of naming me Prudence, and my mom settled for Nicole because my dad liked the name Nicole, and he thought it sounded a lot more innocent and sweet and- 
So here I am. So open house, people were talking and comfortable and here we are. And I want to start by saying that you mentioned on your website that you say you're often asked how you got started. And your response is, I wanted to know what exactly is it that makes people genuinely happy, healthy, and emotionally fulfilled? Why do some of us struggle with sexual dysfunction? I want you to tell us about that. So I believe that sex and intimacy and the level of your libido is part of your monthly hormonal report card. And I think that hormones affect everything and everything affects hormones, especially sex. So we have, as women, we have two report cards. We have the menstrual cycle as one report card of what's going on internally. And our second report card is our sex drive. And that's what's telling us what's going on internally and externally. For men, they are pretty limited to their sex drive as their hormonal report card right because they don't have a menstrual cycle right um i'm wondering because another woman that i love is um, woman code do you know that yes of course Alyssa vitty yeah that's right up my jam too and i followed a lot of her work i read her book and i was like oh my god and i actually had to quit caffeine Mm because my pms was so bad i wanted to murder humans and i said to myself i will give up anything please don't make me give up caffeine and it changed everything. Yeah. So, and I know you feel very strongly that hormones and what you put in your body really matter. Yes. Um, For a lot of my male clients, yeah. I recommend the reducing caffeine to improve their hormone levels to therefore improve their intimacy, intimacy levels and therefore connecting more on a deeper level with their female partner. Because then they're not so like jazzed up that they can't focus and calm down. Yeah, it actually balances their testosterone. Right. We want to emotionally connect. Like I, my juices get flowing when I'm emotionally connected. And I actually have a very high sex drive, but if I'm emotionally not okay, I'm like zero. Right. So that's your typical male. Your (laughs) typical male has a high sex drive, high testosterone, already has high cortisol because they're in the male species. If we add caffeine to that, that's just pumping up all of those juices. If we lower the caffeine level, it's actually lowering all of that stuff and can bring us to a more baseline of mindfulness. So here's my question, and I want my audience to not lose us here. We're on an In Your Corner Divorce podcast. Why are we talking about sex? Ask you. And the Mm -hmm. reason is, and I was just telling you this before we started recording, I do anonymous surveys and the number one reason why couples either one of the biggest problems in their divorce, they would never say it's the reason why, but one of the biggest issues in their divorce and one of the biggest issues in marriages of people who stay together is none other than your topic. Yes, absolutely. Or if they don't even want to use the word sex, they'll say a code. We feel like roommates. Right. Well, what's the difference between roommates? that take care of a house together and are kind to each other and um, a partnership and intimacy, right? Or we're best friends. Right, right. We're best friends, but we, there's no, so here's a question I have for you. Is there something that we should be doing at the beginning of relationships to get down to the nitty gritty, to find out the truth about if we're sexually matched? I mean, we do that Mm -hmm. 
on all of the dating websites of, you know, what's your religion? What's your background? Do you, are you a smoker? Do you like to exercise? But we don't dare talk about this yet. It's a huge issue in marriages. Yes. So the beginning of a relationship is almost addictive for most people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have this love of being in love. And what it is, is the adrenaline rush of the newness of getting to know somebody. And it's literally an adrenaline rush. It's, and is he going to call? Right. Does he want me? Does he like yeah. me? Ooh, he likes me. Ooh, he wants me. Ooh, he's having sex with me like four times a day. Mm-hmm. He can't get enough of me. Right. And then you get to know each other and that kind of starts to dwindle away and you start to have sex less and less and less and you date each other less and less and less, the more you become comfortable. I also think a lot of the times what I experience and what I've seen with clients is in the beginning of a relationship, like you just said, we are kind of trying to get the person to like buy us. Like yes. I want you to, I want you to buy what I'm selling. And so what we're selling is not who we are. It's who we think that other person wants us to be in order, especially in our twenties when a lot of us got married. Oh, this person's going to want a wife or a husband that's always doing X, Y, and Z. So we do X, Y, and Z. Then we get married, we settle in and we go, Oh, thank God. Now I don't have to do that anymore. Right. 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 We get too comfortable. So back to your question, (laughs) what should we be doing at the beginning of a relationship? Because face it, so many of us now in our forties are starting to date again, Mm -hmm. either because we've been divorced and we're starting over again, or because we want to reconnect with our partner. And we want to go back to square one with our partner because that's when things were pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do in the beginning is look at what is so awesome about right now and really be in the present moment with why do I feel so good in this moment with this person? And really what it comes down to is ourselves. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's our own high of, Does this person find me attractive? Is this person ever going to call me again? Will there be a second date? Will there be a future? And so really connecting with ourselves about where we are in the present moment with this person and getting in tune with what it is that feels so good right now. Can I ask you what you have found so far in terms of, does sex do something different um, in terms of meaning for women or men? when it happens, does the meaning of the act of sex change things in the relationship? And the reason why I'm asking that is I'm remarried and my current husband and I, thank God, did not touch each other until we had already fallen in love. Mm -hmm. And so, and that has never happened in my whole life. I used to be like, hi, you're attractive. Let's have sex and then make a relationship. And Right. right, so we fell in love before he touched my body. And then a soul connection happened that has never happened for my whole life. And then it happened in a physical way. So my question is, when a woman or a man is physically intimate, does it change like what they perceive the meaning is in the relationship? And can you do that too early to change what a relationship is going to look like? I think that's a really good question. So there's sex and there's intimacy. Mm-hmm. And there's two different, two different things, right? So I'm all about, let's redefine sex. I find that there are many facets, just like 
I don't know, a cushion cut diamond mm-hmm. to sex, right? You could have the princess cut or the emerald cut where there's less cuts and less facets, or you could have like a really deep amount of facets. And so we can have sex just to hook up and just to feel good and to, okay, move on to the next person, which is super common on like Tinder. Right. But then we go to eHarmony where we're looking for somebody to connect with on a deeper level and to get to know and to really um, connect with and to be intimate with and to let our guard down and to be vulnerable with. And so that's really our difference in the dating world today. We have Tinder and we have eHarmony. Mm-hmm. And just based on those intakes of each, we're looking at two different facets of what sex means. And so I think that for women, and being a woman, I find it easier to answer. Mm-hmm. The woman's side is we grew up with our parents who listened to the 50s music it's in his kiss, right? If we want to know if he loves us, it's in his kiss. And you're kissing this guy and you're like, yeah, he might like me, but wow, this guy is really kissing me and he must love me. You know, I think that as women, we tend to fall more for that romance and eroticism than most guys, but there's still some guys out there that are on eHarmony and looking for that deeper connection. So is it a gender thing? I don't really know. Is it a let's hook up thing? Yeah, it is for both men and women. I also want to acknowledge that there's no judgment either way. Like no. we're talking about it in one of your podcast episodes that I was listening to that specifically for women, a lot of the times you get out of, you know, two decade long marriage, you're divorced and you're like, I just want to hook up with people. Exactly. And, and there's no judgment in that. No, Um, it can be really fun. And actually today's conversation in my group is let's talk about friends with benefits. Mm -hmm. And there are all these middle-aged women out there like in my group, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get it on. I have tons of friends with benefits and there's a younger one and an older one. Can you tell me with your group and what you're talking about with the friends with benefits, is there a discussion openly about expectations between those friends? I think there should be because when feelings get involved, that's where there's gray area and people get hurt. I think right up front, you need to be like, look, friends with benefits or I really like you. But I always advise my clients and friends, don't enter a friends with benefits relationship with expectation or hope or, oh, he's kissing me. It must be love. You know, the 50s song. Or get mad when they're with somebody else. Right. You have to just say that's you about have being to put up your wall and right say, am I capable of doing this and again no judgment I'm not because right. I get emotionally involved when I'm physically involved and I also do not share well with others and I don't want to so it's wonderful for the people that are able to do it I've tried and I was never able to do it yeah yeah and there are people tell- who can and there are people who can't yeah and I love that about you and that there is so much around sex that is so taboo. And I feel like what you're doing is you're really saying like, okay, get over it. Like this is so I am. Much, <laughs> right? Get over yourself. Like I this am. is 2020. Like let's get over ourselves. Um, speaking of that, tell me, do you interact with my clients, my audience? Are you talking with people who are coming from a divorce where 
sex was unfulfilling, they were not sexually matched, and they don't know how to go about this next phase of their life, and they want to have a fulfilling sex life. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with a lot of women who have come from sexless marriages who are saying to me, I really wanted to have sex. I was rejected over and over and over again. There must be something wrong with me. Yes. Why do we do that? I did it. What's wrong? Could I possibly get skinnier or more beautiful to make you want me? And that's the problem right there. It is not about you. It's about each individual. Sometimes it's the woman who comes to me and says, gosh, I was married for all these years and I really didn't want to hook up with him. But now I really want to hook up with like that 25 year old at the coffee bar. (laughs) Why do you think there's so many sexless marriages? I think there are so many sexless marriages because we get so comfortable and we start to lose that flame. We lose the spark and we just age and hormones get in the way and stress gets in the way and children and finances and running the household and then the daily chores. I think that we are conditioned as a culture not to put intimacy at the forefront of our marriages. Mm. It's so So important. Tell us how we don't get too comfortable in our marriages or partners. Keep dating your partner. So what does that look like for you? My husband and I have been married for 14 years and we went through a lot of the same stuff that your typical clients and your typical friends go through and the mainstream talks about. And we made a decision like we're either splitting up or we're going to make this work. And one of the reasons that Cosmo found me was because I wrote about this on Instagram and they were like, you would be perfect at writing about this kind of stuff. And what we do is we make a date every Friday or Saturday night. It has to be one of those nights, depending on what our kids have planned and what's going on. We make a date. And we have a babysitter who comes in and takes care of the kids while we go out and have dinner, just the two of us. And we're not allowed to talk about, separate from the kids. We're not allowed to talk about the kids. We're not allowed to talk about the household. And we're not allowed to talk about work. What do you talk about? We talk about the weather sometimes. (laughs) We'll talk about sports and neither of us are sports junkies. We'll just like, we'll play trivia at the table. We'll open up an app. Sometimes it's like sex game app. And we'll just ask each other like sexy questions. Have you guys ever played 36 questions? I think he has that app on his phone. That's my favorite one. So do you know what that one is? No, tell me about that one. So at least the rumor I heard was it was designed supposedly by scientists that wanted to prove that you could take two people and create a series of intimate questions that would create the openness for intimacy where you could potentially either fall in love or if it's not with like a romantic person you could really connect at a deep level i love that yeah it's so cool and so the way it's set up on the app and it's free it's called 36 questions is i ask you a question we're like at a dinner table and then i turn it to you you ask me the same question and then you swipe you ask me the next question and back and forth and you take a long time because I think that kind of dialogue, mm-hmm. at least for me and for my partner, really gets us so connected that we want each other. Right, right. Because my husband and I will play like trivia crack against my brother-in-law and his girlfriend because we'll plan like, okay, we're going out to dinner. Yeah, we're going out to dinner too. Or during lockdown, we'll plan 
this is our dinner in the dining room. They do the same thing and we'll play trivia crack against them. I love it. It all started on a cruise and every year we've gone on a cruise until recently, of course. You're not going on a cruise? Yeah. So we'd go to dinner. We'd put the kids in like kid camp, feed them at the buffet, go to the kid Uh camp and we'd be at dinner. And I came up with this whole like, let's talk cruise trivia. So on our very first cruise, 17, 14 years ago, however long it was, who were the people that sat at our table? And he'd be like, um, he'd say all their names. And I'd say, okay, where was Angela from? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but what you're doing is you're rekindling those memories. Yes. And you're, and you're connecting. It's about connecting. Yes. So when, when you are working with clients that come out of sexless marriages, and you said that we don't want to get too comfortable. Are there like logistical things that we shouldn't be doing with a partner, like going to the bathroom in front of them or farting or like, should we be like putting ourselves together? Like, does that stuff matter? I don't think that stuff matters. Okay. I don't. It's um, like a personal. Yeah. I think it took us like 14 years for me to actually like go to the bathroom in front of him. And it was in a situation where we were at a club and he's like, you're not going to the bathroom without me. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) And so I had to, because I really had to go to the bathroom, but I felt like that kind of brought us a little bit closer. Like, oh my gosh, he's going to come into the ladies room with me. It was a (laughs) co-ed bathroom. And so I think one of the, my basic rules, my most basic rule is to try new things, even if it's going to the bathroom in front of each other. Um, trying new lingerie. If you could see how much lingerie we have between, we live in two different states and he (laughs) always says, if we die and someone opens up our stuff, they're going to be like, oh my Lord. But can I just tell you, and you must know this too, because you do that awesome wink box that I'm so excited about to talk about, is if you don't make that effort, like how do you think this is all going to happen? Like, you right. need to try, like you said, try new things. What works for you? And obviously I can't do the same thing every single time for 15 years and expect that that's still going to be exciting. Exactly. If you think about like robot sex, right? It's like, okay, honey, I think I'm in the mood. Okay. Let me go down on you. Okay. Now get on top of me. Okay. You're finished. Now get the towel, roll over, <laughs> go to sleep. How boring is that? At least someone went down. I mean, uh, congratulations. (laughs) Right. You just added a whole layer of joy that most people don't even get. Right. So that robot is at least happier. I want you to tell me, I don't want to spell it, say it wrong. Is it the Gemma message? The Gemma method. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gemma method. Tell us about it. The Gemma method is my 14-week program. It's also a book. And it walks you through the, the steps of 14 weeks five methods. So I always start with my clients in let's balance your hormones. Balancing your hormones starts with educating you about your hormones. So we'll educate you on what hormones are important in your sex life and in your relationship, because again, they affect each other. And then we're going to start adding the right nutrients. So you're going to eat right. So it's get balanced. So pause a second. When uh-huh. you say balance your hormones, are you having them get blood tests, spit tests, and then you're looking at it? Or what are you doing? We're doing everything symptomatically. Okay. 
So those tests that you get done at the doctor's office are great for what's really going on and what mm -hmm. those doctors are going to tell you. And I've had this conversation with my own OBGYN. Mm -hmm. He said to me, what we're going to tell you is you're a 40 something year old woman who's probably in perimenopause, has a healthy thyroid or not, and probably should be eating right and doing all of the things that you should be doing at your age. So right. really no difference. So you're looking at clinical symptoms and saying, hey, that, that means you probably need some more of this or you need, so give us some examples. Yeah. So some of my clients I have do the clinical tests, but most of them only need the symptomatic tests. So low libido, loss of hair, weight gain, that to me is an indication that you need your thyroid checked. And when it comes to thyroid check, we're going to go the clinical route. Right. Um, when it comes to progesterone and estrogen, you're having uh, cycles that are all over the place. Low libido, really high libido at some points in the cycle. Loss of appetite, nausea. To me, that's a typical perimenopause symptom of high estrogen, low estrogen, low progesterone. So there's an imbalance, which is normal at our age, but it's the ratio. And so, then do you have them make it up with food or yes. supplements? Okay. Food. Yes. So food first, supplements second. So the next it's Gemma is a acronym. So get balanced, eat right. I love it. Eat libido loving foods. I love it. Then we go into mindfulness. Wait, with, before you go there, I want to know what huh? libido-loving foods are. Libido-loving foods are things like berries. I love berries and I eat a lot of them, so my husband's in trouble. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, Dark-colored beans, high protein, yeah. and dark leafy vegetables. Which That's everything I eat. Like, yeah, and anything so that's from the diet? ground. I did change my diet. Yes, your because husband? for my husband, yes, did he, he did he follow the protocols? Yes, and he was a little bit slower because he didn't believe in it. But then when he saw my changes, he was like, "Okay, I'm signed I mean, up." Give me yes, a shake. yes, <laughs> give me a shake. <laughs> so we do the eating libido loving foods. Then we go into mindfulness with mass with uh, meditation first. I thought you were so, saying mindfulness with masturbation. I was like, that's wow. the next, that's the next M. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. So mindful meditation. I do have a hypnosis that goes with my program, but mindfulness can really be in any area of your life. It's just about slowing down and bringing the cortisol levels down so that estrogen and progesterone can spike and testosterone. Yeah. So we have a bigger so wave of spike. I love it. It's, it's really You must cool. have gotten so excited when you were learning about this. You'd be like, oh my I God, did. this makes so much sense. That's what happens when you really care about something and then you want to explain it to people. Right. Okay, right. what's next? Okay, then there's mindful masturbation. So a, a lot of women have body image issues where we have poor body image, not only of the physical body, but also what's going on on the inside, what's going on below the waistline, what's going on in my vulva, in my vagina. It's supposed to smell a certain way. It's supposed to look a certain way. And so that affects how we perform in the bedroom and even how we perform by ourselves. Mm, I have so true. many women tell me they can't look in the mirror after a shower. Really? Yes. Do you know what I do on purpose? Every single time I go to the bathroom, I look in the mirror and I smile at myself. Like, Hi. Yes. I love because that. Who, if I'm not going to, who's going to? 
Right. But I have a question. And so, if you can't smile at yourself, who's going to? So here's a question because I worked really hard on liking my body. Um, actually, last year I made a decision because I had an eating disorder for so many years and then I didn't physically have one, but I mentally had one. And so I hired a coach and I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. And we did a ton of work and nothing has physically changed with my body except for my brain. And I still prefer having the lights out, not because I'm, I don't want my body to be looked at. I think that my like libido has ADD and I need it to be dark with loud music in order to focus on like my body's feeling. Yeah, that's very common of a lot of women. That's where the mindful meditation part comes into. Okay. Play. Yeah. So we have to be able to turn off our, our daily brain. lives. Yeah. yeah. Because we bring that into bed with us. So is that what I'm doing? I'm turning off my brain by making it dark and loud? Yeah. So when that we can sense. turn off the senses, yeah. we can be more present. Which is why it's fun to use blindfolds. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of the wink box. <laughs> We're going to get there. Is mindful masturbation the last one? Mindful masturbation and then of course sex. And what about sex? So sex part is more about ourselves, our communication. So I talk about orgasm and orgasming through sex by oral, physical, and the mind stuff. So when we talk about oral, it's more about communicating, telling our partner what, I, what we want and using what we want as dirty talk and bedroom talk. Yeah. yeah. And it not being a sit down conversation like, okay, we're going to have a serious talk about what I need in the bedroom. And we're not going to have the conversation in the bedroom. We're going to do something like write a love letter. We're going to send a sext message. We're going to send those messages in the most sexy way we possibly can. Right. Because nobody wants to be told what they want someone to do to them and sound like your mother. Right. Because <laughs> that's hot, right? That's a buzzkill. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> I, I know everyone is trying to, to contain themselves to ask you what a wink box is, but before we get there, I want to read something that you have on your website that I loved. Okay. You said 89% of all women lack self-confidence, which is what we were just talking about. Sexual confidence is the root of all confidence. Once you have sexual confidence, you can have it all. This book walks you through the steps to find self-love, self-esteem, and sexual confidence. Your sex life deserves to be rich with enjoyment, gratification, and wall-shaking moans. Winkbox <laughs> is your solution for increased sexual intensity, self-exploration, and upping the level of satisfaction in your most intimate moments. And you know what I was thinking about when I read that, and then I want you to share, is how ironic that it takes us in our 40s to get to a place where we're so like comfortable with who we are, specifically as women, that our bodies are probably like kicking in our 20s when we thought we were disgusting looking. And now our bodies are totally different because we've had babies and we're older and we have hormones, but we still are able to have even better sex and intimacy yeah. because it's all about confidence. So wink box, yeah. tell everybody what it is. It's so true, you know, why do we wait until we're in our 40s? And I have been wanting to write this book and do this subscription box and sell sex toys and talk about sex on the internet for years. And I always thought, what would my mother think? You know, she was a hippie in the 70s, but she's become a lot more conservative as she's gotten older. Has she? Yes. 
And my husband was like, how are you going to tell your mom that you're like talking about sex? And I was like, well, I'm just going to write this book and put it out there. And he was like, are you going to give her a copy? I said, hell no. And then she asked me for a copy. I love it. I know. And I said, mom, do you know what it's about? She said, I think I do. And she brought it home and she opened it up and she said, oh my God, where am I going to hide this? Ah! <laughs> Is she the more prudent one in your parents' relationship? Yes. So my yes. mom definitely would not walk around talking about sex, but she knows that I very comfortably do. My dad, <laughs> who was a hippie and I'm sure did things that I don't even want to know about and like hid playboys when he was, you know, when, with yeah. a mustache. But if I like mention anything, he wants to die. Like, and I'm right. 41. He knows I've had sex at least three times since I have three kids. Like, so he's <laughs> just like, I, he can't even, ha he can't handle this. Like, I hope yeah. to God he's not listening to this episode because he'll want <laughs> to die. <laughs> So my mom took the book and she put it on her coffee table and she said, just F it. Right? F <laughs> my it. daughter have wrote a book. So F it. Sex toys. I have a quick question for you since you're so fabulous. Do you know this one? Yes. The celebrator. The celebrator. Yeah. This is the best sex toy that I've ever experienced in my whole life. I have like seven of them mm -hmm. because I just bought, first of all, you cannot find them anywhere. I don't know why. And you have to buy a lot of them. And I bought one for a friend of mine. And, and I said to her, she's like, I don't know what to do with this, which is just right there. That's like terrifying. And I said, just get a lot of towels. <laughs> the celebrator is actually modeled after the electric toothbrush. Which that is so awesome. Mm -hmm. That was one of the second ever vibrators. The very first one was the Hitachi. The one that plugged in. Yes, and it was used as a back massager. Right, and they still sell it as on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> Somebody discovered it as a vibrator, and now it's sold as a vibrator without Do a plug. Do you have a favorite? I think my favorite is the Womanizer Clit Sucker. Oh, my God. Woman I think that one is... on your website? It is not on my website. Um, the Satisfier is my second favorite, and that is actually, spoiler alert, one of the wink box. Well, when's the wink box coming out? Because this is not coming out till December. So is no, your wink the box, wink box The wink box is actually being shipped for the first time on October 2nd. They'll get it. So they'll be yes. happy and they can celebrate it. And, they'll, and yes. they can write it and say, yes, she's, she's serious. Yes. December 22nd is the second one. And I think that the second box coming out on December 22nd is even hotter than the first one. And the so first one is exciting. And so do clients do this alone or with their partner, the wink box? The wink box is exclusively for women. Just so, for them to enjoy themselves. Just to enjoy themselves. But there are things in there to introduce to your partner and to surprise your partner with. I am so excited. <laughs> My husband has gotten to be surprised by oh, each wow. of the items in the box. And he's like, today's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that man is so lucky that you've changed careers. You could have been a nurse on the front lines. I could have been a nurse on the front and lines. And here you are saving everyone's <laughs> orgasm. I am. I probably, I say this every time, but I really could talk to you forever. Before we go, I want to ask you a question that's more serious. Okay. How do you help clients who've had betrayal and infidelity mm. and of course, even though it's not about them, how could you not feel that your partner did not want you? At least that's what it feels like. And they went out of the marriage. How do you help them find their mojo again? Oh, I think that's such an amazing question. So 
as much as we know that infidelity is not about ourselves, it's not about us, we didn't do anything wrong, I do have to ask the women, even the men who have been on the other side of infidelity, who have been on the receiving end, why did it happen and why did he pick or she pick the most average person to hook up with, right? So we might look at the person that our partner cheated with and nine times or more out of 10, I'd even say 10 out of 10, that person chose the most average person, not the porn star, not the rock star, and not the stripper to hook up with and to have a one night stand with or to be sneaking around with behind your back. And my answer is your partner chose that person because that person is 150% confident. Mm. And confidence is sexy as F. It right? is sexy as F. Yeah. It's also so, freeing to you because you hold so much power. Right. And then you don't make anything about, I mean, I know that in my first marriage, I didn't even have confidence anymore because there was, so, it felt like there was so much, um, we were just off. We were just not on the same page in that area and in other areas, but in that area. And I think that that really does mess with your mind, which directly messes with your libido. Yeah, exactly. For everybody, right? Which is why I always bring it down to confidence because yeah nine times out of 10, my clients will come to me and say, everything was so perfect. And then I found the text messages and I'm like, well, what is it about her? I don't know. She's fat. She's ugly. She doesn't look like me. I'm hotter. I'm this, I'm that. But does he know that? Mm. No, he doesn't know that because what you're doing for him is taking care of the kids, taking care of him, making him dinner, doing his laundry, putting his laundry telling away. Telling him what he's doing wrong, telling him what he's doing right, you know, all that stuff. Right. You're not in your feminine. You're not in that energy of moving your hips and letting him, I don't know, spank you for a moment in the kitchen while you're preparing that dinner for him. Which you're is coming home and you're saying, he's walking in the door and you're saying dinner's on the table. Or you're not going to believe what the kids did today. Right. Or how come you didn't pick them up because I had to run home from work, all that stuff. So right. we're forgetting that. So we know we're partners, but we're forgetting that we're partners also in the bedroom. Right. 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 Nothing is more lonely than a, than a king size bed with two, two people on my favorite um, line I ever heard. I, we, I was talking about sex positions with some friends and we were asking each other what our favorite sex positions were. And I asked one of my friends who was a man, what his ex-wife's favorite sex position was. And he laughed and he goes on the other side of the bed from me. Right. And when that's your favorite <laughs> sex position, how do you, I think the question I'm wondering is why does one partner not like comprehend that that's not gonna be okay for a person? Like, that a life, a sexless marriage, unless that other person specifically is like, I don't like being sexual either, which is great, mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. they should be together. That doesn't usually seem to be the case. No, sexless marriages and mismatched libidos are way more common than we talk about. And there is no couple that I can think of off the top of my head that has 100% matched libidos. Mismatched libidos happens in every single couple. 
And what I say is when you're in a long-term meaningful relationship, it is really important to compromise because sometimes you're in the mood for Mexican and he's in the mood for Italian and you're like, fine, honey, I'll have Italian tonight, but you have to get me in the mood for Italian. (laughs) So get me a glass of wine instead of a margarita at the bar while we wait for our table. Mm -hmm. Same thing with sex. I'm not in the mood for sex tonight, but honey, I bet you could get me in the mood. So why don't you get me some red wine instead of that margarita? I love that. So do you think, right before I let you go, I promise, do you think that there is a way down the line where we can find out before we like seal the deal with the person and, and, and have a long-term marriage and children if we have mismatched libidos? And not only, like you said, we have them, but if we are both willing to find a way to a middle ground. Because like I said in the beginning, I don't feel like we talk about it and there's assumptions that are being made on both sides. Mm -hmm. And that usually ends up to resentment and quiet fights and unhappiness. Yeah. So I think if you're on eHarmony or you're on Tinder, no matter which one you're on, eHarmony, Tinder, eHarmony even more, you should be talking about sex before the first date. What turns you on? What kinks you're into? What kinks turn you off? What you would never do? What you might try? I think that having that conversation and being really upfront and not worrying about disappointing the other person or impressing the other person is key. And I know it's not an easy conversation, but have a glass of wine and then say, hey, Buttercup, what turns you on tonight? (laughs) I love it. How do we find your webinars that you've already done? Everything is on my website, sextalkwithnicole.com. Tell us, so I I was so excited to see some of them and I can't wait to see what you have coming up. Will you tell us how we find you, where we listen to your podcast and the name of your book again? Everything is Sex Talk with Nicole, except my book. My book is The Gemma Method. You can find a link to my book on the website. And I will include those links in in the notes. So super. Yeah. And can, how, can clients reach you to work with you on your website? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Instagram, Facebook, no matter where you look, All the places. I'm the only sex talk with Nicole out there. Well, how lucky are you? You could have been sex talk with Prudence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So Prudence fun. would have been fun. Is it Saturday? It is Saturday here. Oh, you get to have a good time tonight. <laughs> Mexican or Italian? We were doing wink box inventory, actually. Well, does that mean you get to try things on? He's hoping. Okay, so I hope so too, for everybody's sake. He was hoping there was new inventory today. I hope there is. I have an awesome night. Thank you, you too. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, We get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.